Hey everyone, I'm Jasper. And I'm Stefano. And welcome to Make the Jump, where our mission is to find unique experiences, perspectives, and mindsets of individuals from all walks of life. If there's one thing we know, success comes in many different forms, and it's our goal to find out just how diverse it can be. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you, the listener, what we learn from some of the most successful people we know. So let's jump right in. Today, we are introducing a new segment on the show where we will sit down, converse, and simply see where the conversation takes us. Whether it's with friends or even just on our own, there's always new things to discuss. We hope you enjoy, and without further ado, welcome to Studio Talks. Hey everyone, welcome back to Make the Jump on this episode of Studio Talks. We have our good friend, Jackson Rain. Welcome, man. Thank you, it's uh, it's good to be here. My heart just skipped a beat when you said Make the Jump, so <laughs> it should be good. Welcome, man. We're happy to have you. Uh, Jack has been a longtime friend, like Alex, on the last episode. Um, one of the core boys, part of our high school group. Jackson, you want to give us a little bit of like a... Just update on life, where you're at, college, and just we'll just start off there. Um, sure. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I I go to a small school in Connecticut. Uh, currently, kind of taking a hiatus, still doing it online, but you know, um, given the whole COVID situation, we're uh, uh, on like temporary break. But yeah, I, what about the storyboarding that you were saying before? Some of that work. You know, I, uh, I'm interested in film and studio art and realized that, you know, because of that, I might be on the streets in four years, but you know, <laughs> hopefully not. Uh, I got really into storyboarding, which yeah. is mm-hmm. essentially uh, kind of visualizing a script. Um, yeah. You kind of take lines from a script, you uh, draw out characters in like a very rudimentary form. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, kind of like um, drawing cinematography. Because I'm kind of shit with a camera, so <laughs> cool, man. Uh, how have you guys been? You, you know, if you don't mind the interviewee becoming the interviewee, <laughs> we really love that. Um, I'm good. I'm very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing soccer with a group, it's challenging. Same with school, but for soccer, so it's just a. It's it's really just. You always think of it. Oh, it's so complicated for my situation, but it's really it's complicated on all levels for everyone. Everyone's right. going through some form of slow motion process with whatever they're doing. I know it's the same for you at yeah. USC. I just started school a couple of weeks ago. It's been, yeah, I just finished my second week. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's weird. It's definitely like, just like getting back into things after, especially after like kind of a five or six month yeah, yeah. stop. It was yeah. kind of, it's definitely different. And any advice for our, you know, hundreds of thousands of listeners <laughs> who want to know how to energize themselves? I have a really good way to do it. Tell me. Go ahead. So, Shoot. My morning routine, I think, is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. I, got, I think I, I got it from a couple different people. Um, but it's wake up, right away, go and meditate for five minutes. Mm-hmm. 
just kind of listen to sounds, listen to your body, check in how things are like kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. Make your bed. Right. That's like the classic kind of like Navy mm-hmm. SEAL guy who yeah. said like your first thing you do just so you feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like, okay, I'm just making my bed. Yeah. Like subconsciously you're like, okay, like I, I've at least done one thing already mm-hmm. and it took me 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then right away, no matter what, I'm just trying to hop in a cold shower for like three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Cold. Because it, yeah, because it, it helps um, simulate your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So you can also do like 30 push-ups. You just want something to like wake your nervous system up. Right. And just kind of get you like your body to accept like, okay, like we're up now. We're not asleep. Yeah. So all the functioning needs to go up. That's actually from Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss is a... Um, another podcast guy kind of like joe rogan Mm -hmm. and he's a high performance guy and so he kind of does that kind of stuff um yeah which i think is good clearing your mind accomplishing something and waking your mind up so um i'm reading a book right now called metahuman by this guy deepak chopra Mm, love deepak deepak my aunt painted a picture of him (laughs) really it's true yeah that's pretty sick yeah deepak chopra is uh well-known author and um he studied like the science of um uh like our hormones Mm -hmm. um and now he's a kind of guru meditative guy Mm -hmm. and yeah so he wrote this book metahuman and i'm reading it right now it's cool and one of the things is um i'll just read you his like beginning thing is it possible to venture beyond daily living and experience heightened state of awareness so my question is to you and you can answer this however you want. Um, and it could even be applicable to you and like your art um, and what you do. But do you find yourself ever trying to escape your reality and enter into a more heightened version of, uh, of your creativity and all this kind of stuff? Sure. I mean, I think there are... So there are obviously a very sort of, there's a positive upshot of doing that, right? And that you have a heightened sense of self. Yeah. Um, when you kind of escape all the, all the, 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 the tumult that surrounds yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. However, I also find that there are many um, negative outcomes of doing that. Of yeah. not, um, there's a difference between putting yourself in the moment and completely yeah. isolating yourself from the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, which is something that I was was and, and still am to some extent guilty of what's called mm-hmm. um, solipsism where you essentially uh, it's it's kind of like existential narcissism where you yeah. place yourself at the center of the universe and you mm. don't really trust anything around you yeah. mm. um, because all it, it, it kind of harkens back to the quote you know I think therefore I am but how can you prove that everything around you mm. is is what it is, is what it right. seems to be. And, and this is, I mean, kind of just very cliche. This is like Truman Show-esque, but just yeah. what can you trust and um, what yeah. is here for your benefit and what is here to sort of sidetrack yeah. your life. Um, so if you get too caught up in yourself and thinking about yourself yeah. and um, what can I do to better myself and forget you know, about everybody else, I think that is detrimental to your your empathy and your just ability to connect with other people, which is so crucial to our way of life. I mean, we're social animals. So, yeah, um, I think that's a that's a good insight. And it's good that you know, I mean, at least in you've had some kind of self, some observation into your own awareness of how you act in the world. I think that's good that you're able to kind of 
say that. I mean, a lot of people are, they know these things. I mean, not maybe as detailed as you do, but they know these things and they're like, uh, I'd rather not talk about, uh, I'd rather not, you know, yeah. it's good that you're, you're able to kind of talk about this stuff. Um, yeah. we were talking about it with Alex too, but, and the idea is really just like, it is, it's, it's because there's so much stuff behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that are going on and it's hard to peel back the layers of truth because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, yeah, I think it's actually important to be selfishly like, um, interested in making your reality like really positive because yeah. I think when you change your world and you do, you focus on you, you can have a really profound, um, effect on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because it is, it is selfish. Right. Well, and there's an equilibrium between focusing on yourself and focusing your attention on other people. Right. Yeah. I think we're kind of getting at, uh, emotional health here. Right. Yeah. Which I think, yeah. um, has garnered so much more attention in the past, like five, 10 years, especially yeah. in like we're three guys talking. Yeah. And I think emotional health and men has just not been prioritized mm. for like the entire history of, of human civilization yeah, kind of up until now. Yeah. Right. It's been pushed to the side a lot. Yeah. The whole, sure. you know, like take it like a man, you know, mm. machismo. Don't cry. Exactly. The machismo. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about kind of the, the, uh, the new wave of sort of male vulnerability, being able to talk about your emotions. I think, I think it's important because there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of times where, um, men in particular are, like we've said before, but it's like too afraid to express themselves. And that kind of, I feel like that kind of, um, uh, holds a lot of people back because there are times where expressing yourself in different ways, especially like kind of getting across how you're feeling to other people, even just letting it out rather than just internalizing it all the time. Yeah. Letting that out sometimes allows you to move forward in a lot of, yes. in a lot of different spaces with yeah. whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think girls do that really well. Actually. I think they're always sharing like mm-hmm. what's happening in their lives. Right. And men are kind of always just like in the past of men have always been like, bro, like my, my, I don't want to graft my problems on you mm-hmm. and have you suffocating them. But it's like, you're not suffocating in my problems. Like yeah. if you're a good listener, mm-hmm. you're actually heightening your awareness as an individual. So mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And you might find things that, uh, that you can kind of commiserate with. Yeah. Right. Like that's, what's so important is we, I think, um, and, and, and this is a blanket statement, but I think many guys are so used to sort of wallowing in their own fears yeah. and their yeah. own anxieties and don't realize there are so many other guys that yeah. are kind of going through the exact same thing yeah. and just talking about them mm-hmm. and being candid and not going through like very surface level conversations yeah. is just so important, especially now during, you know, uh, COVID-19 and just all these other, um, issues being brought up. It's so important that, um, uh, like women guys take the helm and really begin to, to, to be vulnerable. Yeah, that's right. so true about the surface level conversations because there's like a lot of times where it's just like, no, I'd rather just have the easy way out and have this easy yeah. conversation rather than actually yeah. having to kind of like dive deep into what I'm feeling and or what somebody else I'm speaking to is feeling. That's so true that a lot yeah. of people just take the easy way out on that. That's yeah. why that's why I like to journal because I find with like a journal, um, you you <laughs> there's this term it's not a term sorry there's this quote where it's like you're the jailer mm-hmm. and you also have the keys mm-hmm. so like i mean that makes sense but 
like you can unlock the door you can like walk out of the jail but like if you did something wrong to yourself you also got to serve your time you know you got to like what i'm trying to say is you got to be patient with yourself you got to be honest with yourself because those are the only ways to kind of have meaning in your life and and have truth in your life Mm -hmm. um and so when you write to a journal it's not like i'm writing jackson or writing stefano like you guys can judge me in your own ways. Mm-hmm. The paper can't judge you. Only right. you're there to, you're the only filtration system there. Right. So what you put on the paper is as real as it gets. Yeah. And if you can't get real with the paper, then you can't confront your own demons. You can't confront your own happiness, excitement, nervousness. So yeah. I find that I try to every night. It's hard because it's such a like, um, it's, it almost becomes mundane instead of sacred, which I think it should be pretty yeah. sacred. Yeah. Um, like, oh, I'll just go to bed and like, I'll journal tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I, I do that probably twice a week. I should do it every day, but, um, I just, I find it really good to just kind of express those things. And it really lets off a lot of steam, um, from the day, like even just like the subconscious stuff, even if I just have one chance during the day to just say some stuff mm-hmm. about even something that wasn't like important, it's really beneficial. There's something about verbalizing or in your case writing down what's going on in your head just because just when you begin to become either paranoid or or angry or any other one of those negative emotions shit gets kind of convoluted yeah um because we don't think in complete sentences right whereas when we talk about our emotions with other people or write down our emotions for ourselves there's just some, there's just added clarity to that, mm. right? I, I worked or uh, volunteered for a couple of years at a, you guys know this, but like oh, a yeah. crisis hotline. Yeah, tell everyone about that. Um, called Teen Line, and it was a great experience just talking to teenagers, um, girls and guys, uh, going through just, just kind of certain hardships that, uh, many teenagers go through. Yeah. I mean, I won't kind of delve into the yeah. specifics, but um, I think for a lot of people, there was something really um, kind of healing about just talking about what was going on over the phone, yeah. even if there weren't like these um, these clear solutions or remedies for what they were going through. There's just something about hearing kind of your own voice and another voice saying that's okay or just valuing what you're saying. Yeah. Was it all over the phone or was it also over text? Text and over the phone. But uh-huh. I found um, because of the way texting is, it's just so sort of informal. Yeah. And um, uh, there's there's a kind of lack of immediacy yeah. to it. Yeah. So I found that sometimes you'd be texting someone and then they wouldn't respond. And then you kind of have to put your own brain in check because you're like, oh shit, what, what, like what's going through their yeah. heads? Yeah. And they stop texting or, and, and you know, usually there's just a like, lot of like, just went to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of like human cues that you can get from speaking on the phone, which is yeah. much better than texting. Like that's what, that's what a lot of people are talking about now in just terms of like having to be distant from one another, especially mm-hmm. during this time. So like, I think it, there's, it's just makes such a difference being on, on video call or on an actual voice call compared to text or email. It's just like you can pick up on different cues and different emotions that you can't pick up normally just by reading totally. whatever, they're, whatever they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's so basically what we're saying is we're saying verbalizing and communicating mm-hmm. our fears is beneficial. The other thing which is really beneficial is also 
confronting those fears legitimately in a physical way too. And one of the ways that I can like kind of attest to that is like cliff jumping. Like it's a really, <laughs> it sounds funny, but it's so man, it is yeah. really crazy. Like, so a few weeks ago I went to Lake Powell with mm-hmm. some of my friends yeah, um, and our dads mm-hmm. and there's all these like sheer, just like super cool <laughs> cliffs and uh-huh. they're massive. Uh-huh. Um, and of course you're, you know, you're just boys on a trip. You yeah, want to go, yeah. you know, explore. Mm-hmm. That's when the machismo ego comes. Oh, I can jump that cliff. Yeah. And you're looking, you're looking up on the boat and you're like, it's probably like 30 feet. I mm-hmm. can do that easy. Yeah. So you climb up the rocks, you scaffold up the rocks and you're like, bro, that is 75 feet. <laughs> like my perception is so much different. Uh-huh. And then what we started doing was, and the, now I'm rounding the conversation back is using that, um, jump as a platform to, um, approach our issues, yeah. approach some concepts that we're having a tough time with. So one of the buddies that I was with was going through a breakup mm-hmm. and, um, another was trying to, um, step up to the plate in his own, uh, like fitness journey and saying like, I want to be better at this and this. Um, and I had my own things as well, right? And it's so it's like, this is an example of approaching these issues. And if I can get over this leap, because this is a true, you know, it's a true. It's a literal leap. It's a literal leap, number one, but it's such a intense confrontation. I mean, as soon as you see the lip of the cliff go over, your mouth gets dry and like your heart starts beating and you're like, wow, I really didn't think this was going to happen, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah. And like either I do this or I don't. And if I don't, I'm going to feel regretful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the same thing with keeping your emotions in. Yeah. And so like I found it to be somewhat not meditative, but like mm-hmm. really it's a, it's a microcosm of your problems, but it's such an interesting way to approach these things right. through uh, like physical um, challenges yeah, because it is, it's such, everyone is afraid of jumping into the unknown mm-hmm. literally because you don't know what it's going to feel like. You don't really know how long it's going to take to get to the bottom. Yeah. And that's the whole, from a metaphorical standpoint, I right. mean, that's, that's the problem is people are afraid to let go into who they truly are and to let go of their, their, their barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to bring that up because I enjoyed that experience yeah. and I thought it was fun to explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's another way too. Definitely. Yeah. Um, for all of our viewers at home, yeah. you know, if you think you can safely jump off a cliff, yeah. you know, make sure that the, so the problem with cliff jumping, uh huh. <laughs> the problem with cliff jumping is sometimes the rock is not always like a visible. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't undulate like, back into itself sometimes oh. it juts out and so okay. you have to make sure that your footing is good okay so that's it so, so if you guys are going to jump just make sure that the water is deep mm-hmm. and that there's no improper undulation right and you know maybe start with like a shed or something first yeah. and kind of work your way up to the cliff that's yeah true well that what you were talking about with the cliff jump kind of reminds yeah. me of um i don't know if you've seen it before but i've watched a video of will smith talking about yeah. um fear and overcoming fear yeah. yeah and one of the 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 prime example he used was he was going on <clears throat> he was going on a trip with his friends to go skydiving and it's the same kind of thing was with this skydiving. the yes theory video no i don't think so but okay i don't i'm not sure Where, like he, bungee jumps off of the helicopter no, no, he was he was speaking about this like on some talk show but okay. um 
he was describing the the experience of going uh skydiving the whole process because there's like there's it's a lot of people think that skydiving of course is like a scary thing but of course it can be a really fun experience Mm -hmm. but there's also the feeling that you get the night before a couple days before of like shit am i really going to do this am i am i actually going to skydive yeah um am i actually going to jump out of a plane with with like without anything almost Mm -hmm. um and he, so he talked about that fear and then, and then eventually getting to the actual plane itself and the, the whole like preparation, he was full of this fear of like, as naturally as you, I would probably be the same way. And he gets into the plane, everything there, there, you start to see like the, the, the red, green and yellow lights for like when you're supposed to be ready to get ready to jump, <laughs> the door swings open, everything like that that's like, and that was when he said that was the most, that was at that moment, that was when fear was at, at its highest for him. Yeah. But then once he, once, uh, they jumped out and they, he said that they also jump, they jump on two, not on three. Oh yeah. They always jump because, on two. Because people tend to grab on three. Yeah. But so he, when they jumped, he said that that was the most, in that moment, the most blissful experience was when, was when the danger was at its highest too. Right? Yeah. Because in the plane, you're fine, but that's when you're most at fear. You think of all the possibilities, exactly. it's the but then, but then when you actually jump out and you're, you're out into the air where you can actually die if, by, right. if something happens, Completely. that's when that experience is most blissful. Right. So like the, he wrapped it up with saying that, that in life, the most amazing experiences and like our, our ability to grow is often put on the other side of fear. Yeah. Which means, that you, mm-hmm. which is like, so it's very similar Going to, up to a story. girl and telling her, it's yeah. the hey, hurdle. It's what's the, up? What's, what's your thing? The, the 15 seconds of courage. Oh yeah. What was that? I think that's this from, is from a Matt no, Damon I movie. told you it's from the Matt Damon movie, <laughs> but I took it into my words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talked about this all the time. It was from, uh, we built, we made a zoo. We built a zoo. Something like that. He walks Regardless, in. Regardless, Matt like, Damon's a prophet. He's like, your mom. He's like in the movie. He's like. He's like with his kids, and he's like, your mom was in that diner right there. And I walked past the diner, and I saw her eyes, and I said, gosh, darn it. Mm-hmm. I got to go in and tell her, you know, I think she's gorgeous and fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a conversation with her. Yeah. But it's like, even like, it's so weird, because the same feeling you get when you jump off a cliff, you know that feeling when you talk to a cute yeah, girl, yeah, yeah. or like, oh, yeah. you're going into like a big, big meeting, you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I feel like my life has ended. Seriously? Yeah. But it's really not. Like, it's really not. It's the, it's our caveman genetics, right? It's but the why? Life. It's so uncaveman because a caveman would have to approach, you know, something actually life threatening. But it's this fear, this like benign fear turning into, you are just kind of ramping up into a sort of like, am I going to die? Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's a natural, <laughs> I think it's a natural old human instinct of right. like, of having to like your survival instincts having to kick in of like, Okay, maybe I can die from this. Maybe this isn't the right thing. Even if it's something that you're not going to necessarily. I mean, it's like it's, most of the time, the cute girl isn't going to kill you. She's exactly. yeah. It's not like a Black Widow where they like bite your head off when you like mate with them. Well, not, let's not speak too soon. But <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I, I completely agree. And you know that movie didn't do I think too well on Rotten Tomatoes, but no. that does not detract from the point that that's no, a it's a great. We bought it. It was a great movie. Yeah. No, but also like going back to that, like to what you said about the caveman instinct. It's like we don't get enough of like as humans were humans today compared to yeah. humans thousands yeah. of years ago. We don't have nearly as many like survival situations, near near death situations. So I think our brains tend to like trick us into like saying that, okay, we of course there should be some near death yeah. situations in our life because our brain for thousands of years have been trained to think that. So that's why in those kind of situations it starts to kick up like 
fear starts to kick up because mm-hmm. that's what we had in situations thousands of years ago with right. wildlife outside predators that are trying to get us. And I think it's something that comes into play now when we're even in our, like even in the most safest environment. Totally. Like it's, it'll be interesting to see how we evolve from now. Cause we are constantly evolving. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, aside from the sort of boring, pinky. like we're not going to have fingernails, in the <laughs> but like, will our fear complexes evolve? Yeah. You know, the amygdala, cause there are some people who's, um, uh, Alex Honnold, bro. I was going to say, yeah, it just, it just like doesn't fire. Right. It's not even right. Wait, you need something so extreme to get that. Yeah, there's a, there's a, do you know who Alex Honnold is? No. Alex Honnold is the most. Honestly, like as far as athletes go, and some people might on the podcast be like, you're completely wrong, but you need to search up who Alex Arnold is and look at what he does, how often he does it, and the fact that he hasn't died. Alex Arnold is a professional free solo uh, rock climber. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what that means is you're Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James all in one, and every time that you shoot a free throw, if you miss it, you die. Mm-hmm. And every time that you shoot a three and you dribble and you don't make it past the defender... You die. Well said. So basically when you're free soloing, you're just going off of, there's a route Mm -hmm. that's been made, but you basically put your fingers in like the cracks of the, the, whatever kind of Mm -hmm. rock it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's typically like the safest one is like granite or something. But what Alex Honnold did was he free soloed, um, El Capitan and he's free soloed so many other ones, half dome and all this stuff. But I mean, it's insane. And it's like, although you look at Alex Honnold, he's probably like six feet, like 150 pounds. Like he's not like an intimidating person. Mm-hmm. It's the most crazy sport ever. Mm-hmm. And so what they were saying in the movie was like, he has this incredible ability to just like, just climb up these things in like hours. Not even, takes people days to climb these things. He climbs them in an hours and just goes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an active... It, was it amygdala or was it a... Um, I, I think it's the amygdala. That's okay. the, the fear gland of the brain, right? Yeah. I don't want to... Yeah. Not active? He did, he did a CAT scan and the, the PhD who was like in the movie was like... Well, it was just very... Um, the, it wasn't firing the way it would normally fire, yeah. right? He'd have to have... The reason he could do all of this was because at these insane elevations where, you know, one slip up and you're, you're dead. Yeah. You're falling to your death. Um, most people would be uh, just freaking out and sweating and um, aware of this. And for him, it, he's like cognizant of it, but it's it's not kind of... It's not as strong, right? It's not scaring him in the same yeah, way. No. I can't remember. I, I, I watched That's the documentary crazy. a while ago. Because then that, that, like, that rids him of, of the of the aspect in humans that kind of holds us back. In right. a lot of no, and it also... Inhibition. It yeah. also... But it also... It inhibits him from, you know... He doesn't pick up on certain like emotional cues either. You remember in the movie how he had this girlfriend and like right. and he's like either way like I'm probably gonna probably gonna die. So like a girl like I'm I don't care about love. Right, oh, and, and that's wow. the thing. Yeah. We were just talking about emotional health and and sort of um, how to find this balance between prioritizing yourself and empathizing with other people. Right, um, and it you know you it, it's really uh i think it makes life so much harder to sacrifice one for the other yeah um you need to find that balance yeah and certain people are are everybody's wired differently you know so yeah it's yeah it's a really um a really interesting conversation the high performance stuff 
it always comes back to that for me. I mean, that's kind of what a majority of our podcast is about is like yeah. successful people and like kind of mm-hmm. trying to search up like within them, you know, what, what's happening here? Like what, yeah. who do you know? How did you make those connections? Like when was the time that you had to make that, that literal jump and risk take to elevate yourself? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just such a, um, important conversation because we all have to do this on a small level and on a big level every day. And it's really interesting to watch these guys, Alex Honnold and these top big wave surfers make these, what we call like quantum jumps and just like redefine like, you know, what it means to be human. But it also is not that big too. Like, so there's these constant, like he just did a 75 foot wave and he didn't die. Yeah. You know, he gets towed in, the waves crashing over him. He surfs through the barrel and he redefines like humanity because no one's ever done that before. It's a mm-hmm. crazy thing. Mm-hmm. But if you could be um, like Alex Honnold and approach your fears, well, I don't know if he's afraid of climbing, but approach that kind of wall, that El Cap wall mm-hmm. daily. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much you could surpass and like the metahuman kind of thing, transcend your limitations right yeah i don't know it's and that's very easy to define physically right yeah with with athletes it's kind of um it's very out in the open what are they what are they surmounting whether it's the surfer kind of surfing through the barrel or uh alex climbing up el cap el cap without a rope yeah Um, it's it becomes kind of harder to define when you uh when it's when that's put on sort of a, a mental level or an emotional level, because, um, you know that it it, it it just is right. Like um, interactions with other people for some, for an extrovert, say, are very easy. For an introvert, that is kind of a big hurdle to jump sometimes. That's Talking an LCAP. A complete stranger, that's yeah. an LCAP exactly. So, um, you know, it's just uh, that hurdle has to be redefined for everyone. Um, and you know, the problem is when somebody does something really brave, sometimes, uh, nobody acknowledges it. And I think that's just as important, right? Being told you just did something amazing, keep it up, like getting that encouragement from others. Right. Yeah. I think it kind of ties into, I don't know if you remember, but when we, on, uh, when we spoke to Gary Vitti on our second episode and he was kind of talking about the, um, the limits of, of human ability and that there are times where like, you can you can do something that's crazy or something that seems not human because the situations are totally against you. But then why is it that there are other times where we wouldn't be able to do those same things because we're not in the same kind of mindset or situation or stress that we're in in, in different ways? So I think like talking about that, like there are different times in life where we're able to go above and beyond our limits that we put for ourselves in our head, whether it's physical or even mental. And I think it's like, it's very interesting to see when that act, that change happens of like when the, when the switch is flipped to be mm-hmm. able to go from before I wasn't really in a space to be able to do this or be able to accomplish this. But then now because of the situation I'm in and the stress I'm feeling or whatever it may be, I can do it. It's like the, the story where it's like the guy pushes over the car for the the, uh, the kid under the car, but he can't do it when there's no kid under the car. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what what. Gary said in our second episode that it's like 
It's like, and what, what, what happened there that, that this man, like he comes across a child pinned under a car and he mm. needs to, like to save this child's life. He needs right. to lift up the car and he can do it. And normally when he tries to flip over cars, he only gets halfway. Exactly. Only halfway. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. All right, man, Jack, it was a pleasure having you on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, it's, thanks it's for coming on and making it over here. We want to thank everyone for listening and we hope you join us on the next episode of make the jump. Make the jump.